Do you shop on Amazon.com? Of course you do. You can now support the Midwest Podcast Network while doing so. Go to Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com and a very small percentage of your purchase will go towards making our network and its content even better. That's Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. Bookmark it today. Welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Nick. I'm Tim. I'm Willie. Today, we're going to talk about what we've been watching. We're going to do some listener feedback. And then finally, we're going to talk about Yorgos Lanthimos's The Lobster. I hope I said that correctly. But uh, MidwestFilmNerds.com is where you can find all previous 191 plus bonus episodes with full show notes. You can also find us on Twitter at MFN Podcast. We're also on Instagram by that name as well. Um... Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. Go there. Shop. Part of the money you spend will come to us so we can make our show and network even better. And, um, yeah, Midwest Game Nerds Podcast. We talked about No Man's Sky this past week. Check that out. And we're giving away a copy of it. So you've got about a week and a half to enter here if you want to win a PlayStation 4 limited edition of No Man's Sky. Go check out that podcast for details. It's very pretty. I held it in my hands the yes, other day. Yeah, it was it's nice. A, it's a nice uh, package. It's weighty. Yes. Yeah, it's absolutely. hefty. Good. So, uh, but yeah, with all that, what we've been watching, Nick, what have you been watching? <laughs> the only thing I watched was Suicide Squad, actually, <laughs> in actuality, in would, the last couple weeks. Would you like to speak to your thoughts about uh, Suicide Suicide Squad? Squad. John C. Riley. Like John C. Riley from The Lobster. <laughs> uh, hey. <laughs> hey, what'd you think? Uh, <laughs> I can't wait to talk about The Lobster. Um, suicide, I, I think Suicide Squad was fine. I, I'm, I'm not much of a tinfoil hat guy, but I, I think that it's... I finally think I agree with the with the notion that DC's getting some slanted uh criticism because I really don't think it's that bad. And I went into it kind of like yeah. after reading everything I expected like I expected way worse. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it's kind of uninspired uh but and, and a lot of it's not particularly executed like the best it could be, but it's like it's middling. I, I would say at worst. I really didn't find it to be offensively bad i think there's been way worse superhero movies in the last five years uh so i don't i don't get it truthfully i think a lot of it's i I can see like not liking certain aspects of it but for like it feels like the collective internet just like hating it i don't understand it feels like people are going way out of their way to to not like it like trying to not like it so i don't know i thought it was acceptable i was like whatever i was entertained some of the time i was not entertained some of the time but you like know. Stephen King directed Maximum <laughs> Overdrive. You know. No, I think I think we've we've seen and we've reviewed worse movies on this podcast that have gotten better Rotten Tomatoes scores. Not that the tomato meter is like the best metric, but I think this movie's like a fifty five fifty percent. I think it, I could see it going either way, but for everybody to just be like, "Oh, it's so bad," I really I don't get it. I guess really quick, just to not recap, but I guess the question that I want to ask Tim and Willie: Do you guys feel like it was as bad as Batman v Superman? Um. I would watch it again. I liked it less. You liked it less than Batman Superman? Yeah. Okay. Willie, what do you feel? Um, I don't know. I 
I would I would watch I would watch Batman Superman Batman versus Superman again before I'd watch Suicide Squad again. Okay. But I just think that there's more I feel like I'd get more out of watching Batman versus Superman again versus watching I think I just care less about Suicide Squad. Okay. But I don't want to watch either of them. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, a part of it too is that there's that other cut of Batman versus Superman which yeah, might, I guess might that be a little be... Di- you know what, what is a little different so yeah. I mean that might be I don't know. All right. I'd like to see a different cut of Suicide Yeah, me too. Yeah. I think that there is a... I mean, I think that some of the problems that I had with it wouldn't be fixed by an alternate cut. Yeah. Because I I still... I will hold true to the fact that I think that the... I don't want to say... Some people haven't seen this yet. So that the threat is not the right level of threat for this particular group of supervillains slash heroes. Um, I think that that was a mistake. For me, that, that... it didn't ring I, true to me, but that being said, I think a lot of the issues I had with the pacing and the um, and the story, and, and I guess to, to a lesser extent, some of the character development for some of the supporting characters, I think a different cut of the movie might us might help with that. Made a little more coherent for me. Yeah, that makes yep. sense. Yeah, I guess I, one thing that I thought about it after we had our discussion that I wish I would have been able to say, but I didn't have the words for it. I just feel as though. The Suicide Squad that I know about is more about like the covert black ops that the government doesn't want to be associated with. And this felt like a superhero world threat. Like it just not even so much that the scope isn't theirs, but it's just like not what I thought the purpose of the Suicide Squad was. So that's kind of my main disappointment in it, you know. Yeah, but, I, my my thing is, I, I guess I, I wouldn't have a major issue with with the the team versus the threat in terms of the scale and whatnot. If if maybe there were a couple other characters that I found would be believably be an equal. I mean, I can suspend certain disbelief for sure, but I just think it. This is this group of characters they chose for this roster for this movie. I think it'd be a lot more fun to watch them battle. You know. The Joker's thugs instead of bat- battle something a little more street level. I think would be more interesting to me. I think you could see them cut loose a lot more, and I think you'd see a lot of them, a lot more of them, utilized in ways that made them seem more effective and more useful. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I feel like a lot, like most of the most of the team, I feel like in the third act, kind of falls by the wayside because they aren't they're not, they aren't able to offer much against. You know what I mean? What drone boomerang? Yeah, he doesn't do a lot, you know. And I want—I really, I, I would love to see a scene of him cutting loose with the boomerangs on a group of like Mercs or something. Like that would yeah. be awesome. I, so I feel like they—I feel like especially with with Ayers, I mean, he's made a lot of military-based movies, like you know, or you know, sabotage is kind of a military thing, right? I mean, right. And then he did um, Fury. That so. kind of mindset, yeah. Yeah, so I feel like them against like, another group of. Sabotage is like I'm just thinking about sabotage. <laughs> <laughs> um, sabotage is pretty good. Yeah, them them versus the crew from sabotage. There's now you got yourself something. <laughs> All right. Something. Anyway, not to get too bogged down in suicide. Yeah, squad. I think I think there's I think there's some interesting articles out there. You know, I've been reading some some people who think who think it's alright, or even people who think it's good. And I don't think it's that good, but I don't think it's that bad either. And uh, I think it needed it just needed needed more time to cook. I think the cast is there. I think the director's there. I think the studio needs to probably back off of their involvement and their pressure and their like sick 
need to adhere to all deadlines and set deadlines before they have any script or anything. <laughs> WB just needs to, we've been saying it for two years in this podcast. They need to stop being reactionary. They need to yep. stop reacting to what Marvel's doing. Do their own shit. And just do, yeah, exactly. Do your own thing. Do, you do you. You do you. DC. They should. And I, you know, another friend of mine saw it and he, he didn't really like it very much. And he, he said, I don't see how it advanced the DCU at all. And I'm like, it really didn't, but that's fine. I would rather that. Guardians didn't advance the Marvel Universe at all. But, but it stands on its own, and, and that's probably why everybody liked it so much, because it doesn't come with all the baggage and bullshit yeah. of all the other movies. You don't have people going, where Thor? Where Hulk? <laughs> like, you don't... It, who cares? I and that Ant-Man was similar with that, too, where I felt like it was just a nice... I mean, yeah. there, there, were, there were, you know, there were cameos and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, there's, there's, there's through lines there, but yeah, with suicides, I mean, just make it its own thing. And, yeah. you know, D, I, I just think that... DC and Warner Brothers need to do their own thing, and they need to stop worrying about what they think is going to click. And I mean, in some ways, they're not worried about what's going to click because they're just making. There's a lot of things in Suicide Squad that do not click with with most people, and that's fine. But they, uh, I just need to figure out what I think what exactly they want to do. You know, do they want to make like a, a hard R mercenary movie that's going to be different and stand on its own, or do they want to make a a non-committal, violent but not violent? You know what I mean? Like Suicide Squad, it just needed more time. It needed more yeah. time to develop. So it's too bad. I, I left it thinking, though. I was like, you know what? I kind of want to see another one. I want to see another one once they figure out all their problems. Like The, the cast is really good for the most part. Uh, I, think it, I think that the production design is really awesome. I think the costumes are all really cool. They were fun to look at. There's a lot of detail put into it, a lot more than just generic, you know, whatever. So I, I thought that aspect Brian was Singer cool. X-Men. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, the, and, and, and the, it shows evidence of people wanting it to be good. Like, there are people involved that actually care about it. Like, it's, but some. It's ridiculous that anybody in this cast got tattoos to commemorate this experience. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's absurd. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, just make a movie. It's fine. Uh, and there, you know, that's fine. We don't need to review Suicide Squad again. But I, I think that for anybody who may have scraped some enjoyment out of it, uh, there are some interesting articles about there pointing out things that they that other people thought worked and things that could be improved for a sequel. But I, I would rather, I would rather watch Suicide Squad again than Batman vs Superman. I feel like as messy as it is, at least there's some semblance of a story, and I really can't tell you what the story of Batman versus Superman is because it's. Plus, these guys being bad and doing bad things is fine, and watching Batman and Superman do bad things and be sad is is just kind of a drag. different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But oh well. All right. Uh, did, just to note, did you guys read that open letter to the WB CEO from like a former? Yeah, that was. That's pretty. I, I, I really... skimmed. I didn't care for it. I skimmed an article about the open letter. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the the only like thing that makes me like piece my interest a bit is that whoever it was writes that they're hearing that Wonder Woman is having similar issues to the previous two films. So that's a bummer. But who knows? The only thing that piqued my interest was the person's name was Gracie Law. Yeah, that was the the pseudonym that she. And that reminded me of Big Trouble in China. That's awesome. Yep, because she's from that. And that made me happy. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Tim, have you seen anything as of late? Yeah, I watched something uh, DC related. What was it? Uh, Supergirl. How Pretty was much it? the whole first season. Yeah. I like it quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. I like Flash quite a bit. Yep. Um, I, I'm not an Arrow fan. Never have been. But I appreciate those who do. <laughs> Legends of Tomorrow, is it? Is goofy as hell. Yeah. And it's... It's to the point where it's even too goofy for me. Like, I sit there and I watch and I go, this looks like it was made for, like, third graders. Um, but I appreciate 
the fact that they go all in on it. It's Greg Berlanti. He's in charge of all of these things. Yeah. Um, here's what Andrew I like. Someone. Oh, is there another one? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, this I actually this is probably I've been known I like movie or TV shows with sassy female characters, and this this has that. Um, I think there's like two of them. Yeah. Because uh, Harrison Ford's wife. Calista Flockhart. Right? Is uh, yeah, I can't remember. I remember is Harrison Ford's <laughs> wife. <laughs> Um, she's sassy too. Um, it's just pleasant. It's a nice palate cleanser after, um, if you're not crazy about the current, like the movie universe, like I'm not, it's a nice, it's just happy go lucky. Like Superman sends like encouraging texts to Supergirl throughout (laughs) the show. (laughs) He's like the opposite. Um, the show. You got this girl. It's the classic. (laughs) I'm a hypocrite. So, um, it. I've called out like I don't I don't have time to invest in stuff that's six episodes before it gets good. Yeah. But this is the classic six six episode <laughs> before it starts to get good. But I will say this: the pilot is fun, and okay. I found it. It it reminds me a lot of Buffy season one in that um, the villains are kind of goofy, but that pilot is really good, and it kind of gets you to where it actually starts to get pretty good um, around episode six. Like episodes like six, seven, eight are. Really, really good. Is it a twenty episode? It's a twenty episode season. I'm yeah. almost done with it. I've seen the crossover between um, Flash and Supergirl, and it's yeah. really, really adorable. And like Flash brings Supergirl ice cream at one point. Nice. And it's like, oh, this is great. Um, but the p- issue I guess I have is, is those shows, the um, DC Universe shows. With Buffy, I'm trying to think of some other stuff too, but Buffy's the main one I go back to. Like, I like the first season quite a bit. I know a lot of people don't, but I like it quite a bit. But it uh, there's an obvious point in the second season. I think it's like the school hard episode where I go, oh, this is good now. Like, yeah. this is like legit good. Um, so like it gets better. The Berlanti, like the Flash, it all kind of stays like this. Like it never really. It's really consistent and fun and good, but it never. None of the DC stuff I've seen on TV or. I, yeah, on TV, um, ever gets better than just solidifies. It's like, oh, this is pretty good. Like, this is an enjoyable way to spend an hour, and that's kind of what Supergirl is too. Um, that doesn't mean it won't get better in the second season. They moved it to CW, which is where it should have been from the start. Yeah. Um, but it's it, that's kind of where I was at with the Flash too. Like the second season is good, but it's not any better than the first season, it, and that that's kind of a letdown in a way for me. Interesting. So, but I like them both. And I would, if you're into that sort of thing, I would suggest watching it because it is a lot of fun. All right, Willie, what have you been watching? I'm watching Lizzie right now. Yeah, how's that going? Just hanging out on my lap. Yep. Um, I watched some Boy Meets World. That show's pretty good, you know. It's, I, I, it's one of those shows I never watched. I, I, my wife has a pretty uh, huge affection towards it from her childhood, and I never watched it that much when I was a kid. I saw bits and pieces and. I always thought it was kind of corny, but it's kind of a sweet show, actually. So, mm-hmm. well, it's real fun. Mr. Feeny. Yeah, Feeny's cool. Yeah, I like, actually, I like all the characters. So. Yeah. Um, a show I d- had just recently started watching from my childhood, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, oh. which is now on Netflix. Are you watching Mighty Morphin Power Rangers? I am watching That's Morphin Power beautiful. <laughs> um, I'm like 10 episodes in to the first season, which is like 60-some episodes. Yeah. Long. <laughs> <laughs> what? Here's here's what Are I love. Are you amping up for the the movie? I don't know. I just <laughs> I saw it on there. I was like, I want to watch that. Um, here's what I like about Power Rangers. Yeah, it's genius. <laughs> and here's why I say that: the fact that they were able 
to take stock footage from a completely unrelated Japanese television program mm-hmm. and use it and then shoot maybe five to ten minutes worth of new footage <laughs> with very low-paid young actors <laughs> and then sell billions and billions of toys and be the hottest that still be around today, still use stock footage from Japanese shows. It's genius. Yeah. Good for you, Saban. Yep. Good for you. Only one show has done it better. What's that? Most Extreme Elimination Challenge. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I, I love well, that show. Well, there's not that many toys I sold out that, that one. I just meant quality-wise. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Now, beyond the genius of, of creation that was Power Rangers, the show's not very good. Mm-hmm. Um... The, the the switch between the stock footage and the actual stuff that they shot for the Power Rangers is hysterical. Oh, it's probably, the quality. It's probably so much more obvious it's than so HD. It's so funny. Now it's than... so funny. Which is funny because the show that they took footage from is from like 92, which is not that much older. No. Than, but the, the quality of the filmmaking is so shit. I love I It's so good. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I th- when I remember as a kid, I remember getting kind of into it. And then when the Green Ranger stuff happened, that's when I was like... I, is that first in. season? Yep. Yeah, I was like, well, there's 60 episodes. Episode episode 17 is the Green Ranger, apparently. (laughs) Oh wow! So wow, that early? I I didn't remember it being that early, but they might have played him in a different order originally too. Well, that's that's when he's first introduced as a villain. Mm-hmm. Correct. But that's when they got me. That was okay. when I, first I'm just all, saying that's like right. he's not on the team. There's a four you, episode but. like arc yeah. of him being a bad guy, and I got into it because I'm like, look at this hot shot. Yeah. He's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Bad. He's, he's everything I ever wanted to be. He's the bad boy from Jason the wrong David side of the Frank, tracks. Right? Yep. Yes. Bad boy from the wrong side of the tracks. He fights. Kung, he does kung fu and stuff. He's exactly what I wanted to be when I grew up. You know. Mm-hmm. And then he's my favorite color was green back then, and mm-hmm. I'm like, this guy's green, mm-hmm. and he's got a dragon. He's this cool glow, gold shit that comes off the other guys don't yep. have that so i'm pretty excited to watch those ones again i mean the thing is like i power rangers is one of those things where i there was a period of probably a year maybe two years where it was like i was obsessed yeah and then it it um it burnt out very quickly for me yep. yeah yep so and i don't have any sort of affection to power like towards power rangers at all like that's one of those like turtles has stayed with me throughout yeah. my life um, the Marvel stuff has stayed with me. Power Rangers was very much of its time. It was that tiny little microcosm of my life, and that's it. But it's funny to go back and rewatch them because I go, I know, I remember that guy, yeah. that monster. He's fun, and I had a toy of him, you know. And mm-hmm. I can, yeah. So that's kind of fun. I wanted to go back and, and restart the Power Rangers thing a while back, but it wasn't up on Netflix, and all I could get access to was like VHS rips on BitTorrent. And I started watching it, and I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> I need, I need like. A DVD set or something. Well, it's so on Netflix now. That's good to know. I can oh, fall down that rabbit the hole. The whole original series. So. See, Tommy was my favorite so much so that when he became the White Ranger, my my favorite color changed. <laughs> like, wow. Was like, wow. To white? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the lack of a color is now my favorite color because of Tommy. But. That's when I started to get out of it. That was right around the first movie from what I yeah. remember, right? And I, but at that point, I was like, all right, just, there's too much roster changing going on here. <laughs> like, I miss Trini. I miss which one was Trini? Uh, the the Asian one, the Yellow Ranger. Um, I miss <laughs> Zach, who's never mind. <laughs> the black one who's the, the black, black Ranger. Ranger. Yeah. Who was your favorite yeah. Ranger? Um, before, of the OG crew. Uh, does Green Ranger count? No, I was like the original. 
I'm gonna go Billy because I the triceratops. Oh, Billy, I liked Billy because the thing is the triceratops was sweet. <laughs> Sorry, Willie, you're wrong. No, it's okay. <laughs> His helmet was the coolest helmet. That was why I liked it. Yeah. yeah. And then I'd say right next to Billy would be Zach. Yeah, Zach was on the Zach was awesome because he knew all the hip hop dance moves, and I was like, I want to be just like him too. Yeah. He did. That's all he does. That's his defining character trait so far in the show is he can break dance. Yeah. I love it so much. <laughs> um, and then Billy's defining character trait is that he can't dance. It's so good. Um. <laughs> So there's that, and then um, Billy wore suspenders all the time too. Like they were, overall, they, they were like weird. They were like, I don't know, I don't know what they are, but ah. they're, yeah, they're terrifying. Um, and then to cleanse the palate after watching the lobster, I decided to watch another, I guess, utopian slash dystopian uh, film called Demolition Man. Um, <laughs> very different from the lobster. Yes. Um, and uh, spoiler alert: I might say more enjoyable. Um, I, I love Demolition Man. So much. I love that movie. Yeah. One day we have to. Re- have you seen this movie? Nope. You've never seen Demolition Man? Oh, nope. oh my God, Alex. It's a, it's a. Well, it's not really a modern classic anymore. But yeah. <laughs> the, the next time we have like a week where we have nothing, we're watching Demolition Man. All right. Okay. I can do that. I want you to promise it on the air. It might be next week. That's fine. <laughs> Only they live has predicted the future better. Than Demolition Man. Yeah. Yeah. Because democracy is pretty. Yeah. yeah. That's that's, that's probably three. the best. They one. predicted the present. <laughs> um, what so, a triple feature. Yeah, Demolition Man's amazing. Um, it's honestly, it's I think it's the best Wesley Snipes performance like ever. He's so he's so much fun. I honestly don't think there's a better. He's really good. I really, um, I do like him in Blade, but I really, really like him in White Man Can't Jump. He's really good in that too. I mean, he's, that's a better. He's a better actor, you know, like 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 he's a better performance, but he's so watchable in Demolition Man. Yeah. Like, look at him. Just look at him. He wears overalls, too. Yeah, he does. It's amazing. His yeah. name is Simon Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> he runs around going, Simon Says. Like, it's so good. Oh, I can't wait for you to see this. <laughs> oh, the three seashells? Oh. I've heard about the three. Like Taco people, Bell? People can't shut up about the three seashells. Oh, so. man, I'm so excited. All right. He has, yeah. um, Stallone has explained how they work. In interviews. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've never read it. I don't want to know. All right. All right. That's it. All right. Um, I The only other thing that I watched this past week, I watched a film called The Thin Blue Line, directed by Errol Morris. It's a documentary from 1988 about uh, Randall Dale Adams, a man convicted and sentenced to death for a murder that he did not commit. Um, Basically, we were sitting on the couch and Nicole was like, I want to watch more Making a Murderer, but it's not here. And then I just searched for one of the many articles that's like, what to watch after Making a Murderer? (laughs) And the Thin Blue Line is on a lot of those. And I've always wanted to watch more Errol Morris because I like documentaries a lot. And I know that he's one of like the fathers of modern documentary. And um, it's really good. It's a very interesting movie and kind of the... I know that I've heard like legends of his interotron, I think is what he calls it or what people call it, which is like his technique of filming people so that they are talking to the camera and not to the person giving the documentary, I think is very, very interesting and so much like very different compared to any other documentary that I've really seen. Um, so I, I definitely enjoyed it for that. And also just the whole real life story around the the thin blue line it's fantastic so if you don't know any of that and you don't want spoilers for real life uh you should go check it out it is available on netflix but uh yeah that's about it so on to some feedback if you write to us feedback at midwestfilmnerds.com then you might sound something like this when we read it on air 
Gordon writes in with the subject Suicide Squad and Dark Tower feedback. He says, I wrote to you after the abysmal Batman vs. Superman saying the following. I hereby pledge that I will not watch another Zack Snyder-directed DC movie unless it has more than 80% on Rotten Tomatoes, in which case I might give it a chance. I also pledge that I will not watch another DC movie that gets a rotten rating. I stuck to my promise with respect to Suicide Squad so far, and I'm hoping my friends don't drunk drag me to the cinema, and nothing I've read so far has made me even consider changing my mind, but I was really looking forward to your review, since you sometimes make bad movies sound like a blast. Off the top of my head, Gods of Egypt, Vivich. Yes, I don't think I got to meet you. Yeah, some people. And then London Has Fallen is the third one that I mentioned. (laughs) Just listen to your Suicide Squad review, spoiler section and all, and wow, not a drop of hope left. My determination not to watch is now cemented, and I feel really good about that pledge. With the exception of the nice guys, what an awful movie summer this has been. Wasn't a fan of Star Trek. Hated Apocalypse, X-Men Apocalypse, and haven't seen Finding Dory. Sad face. Cheers, Gordon. There's a few PSs here. I don't know. Suicide Squad might be your cup of tea. I don't know. You never know. As we've all as we as we said already in this episode, Rotten Tomatoes is not the uh, the be all end all. But I don't know. No, so, if anything, it's getting worse because more and more critics are they're saying in their reviews, like for the record, I do not like this movie, but I give it a fresh, or vice versa. Yeah, which is like completely disregarding the function of Rotten Tomatoes. Like <laughs> it's it's that means that Rotten Tomatoes isn't working properly. So you know, whatever. But anyway, maybe give it a watch when it's on rental or something, and then you won't feel so bad if you don't like it, right? Did he just state that we <laughs> help? We helped to make him watch Gods of Egypt. I don't know that he's. I don't know that he's seen it. He said, "I was really looking forward to your review since you sometimes make bad movies sound like a blast." Off the top of my head, Gods of Egypt, Vivich, and London has fallen. I so hope. I don't know that he's seen it yet, but it sounds like it's on his list to do. We've the, uh, this is the proudest moment we've ever had in this podcast. <laughs> yeah. By the way, <laughs> happy fourth birthday to the Midwest Film Nerds oh, podcast. Yeah. Right. Oh, wow. um, oh, and speaking of the Vivich, I had Black Phillip. Uh, oh yeah, hard the, cider. Yeah, how is it? Amy loves it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> She likes to live deliciously. Yes, <laughs> she's been corrupted by Black Phillip himself. I'm not a fan of it's. Um, I want to say it's it's hard cider. It is. It's got blood orange. In blood it, orange it? and like a cranberry. Well, that sounds a, delicious. It does sound me. very good. It's if you're into that, yeah. Um, I'm not a huge fan of like hard ciders and stuff like that. Yeah, but it's, I drink. A well, you're speaking to the cider queen. <laughs> I know. Where's, it's it, by, where's uh, the tiara? <laughs> Here's the Alex tiara. is pulling out his actual. He, he's got an actual tiara. I am the cider queen. queen. I don't cider even queen. want to tell that story on the podcast it's, right now. It's made by Blake <laughs> okay. from around here. So yeah, yeah. Well, just want to give it a quick. I'll give it a watch. Give it a plug. Give it a watch. Give it a drink. But yeah. Anyway, Gordon also said, "Are there any updates on the summer movie wager?" Answer is no, because I'm lazy as hell. Uh, but maybe by the end of the month. That's an update. PPS, The Dark Tower was on my reading list for a few years now, but I had always pushed it down for one thing or another. After your banter, I decided to finally give it a try. Two books in and no regrets, except that I am, I regret I am really, really busy in a really, really busy period right now, so I barely have any time to read and I cannot devour them all in one month. Uh, it reminds me of my lost watching experience. The first book was just raising question after question, building a really vague world. 
The second book was a completely different experience, and I can't wait to see where it goes from here. Oh, it ends so much better than Lost. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing this since you once asked if whether anybody would be interested in hearing a more detailed review or discussion of it on your network, and I'm 100% interested. Uh, I need to finish it, and I'm not that much further because I'm a terrible reader. But since you want to hear it, Gordon and Yoop and everybody present at this table, I'll make it happen. All right, so Please thank do. you, thank you, Gordon, for writing in. Uh, and then we have one other piece of feedback from uh, Sandy, formerly Alistair. Mm. He's uh, he's taken on his his actual moniker. I don't know, I don't know what I'm trying to say there. <laughs> What's happening, <laughs> Alistair? Yeah, yeah. He goes by the name Sandy because it's a nickname for Alistair somehow. Oh, all right, cool. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, Nihau Film Nerds, it was really kind of you to give a shout out to Films of Every Color twice. Nick, please do send me your feedback. I'm keen to hear whatever you have to offer. Yeah, I finished the second episode. Yeah. I don't know if I, if I talked about that. It was awesome. Yeah. I still need to listen to it. It's such a funny show. Yeah. It's it's really funny because it's really different than ours. Yeah. And, I actually was playing a few a few uh, minutes of it as Gojo was over at my apartment and he was cracking up. Beautiful. And it's it's yeah it's pretty funny. Like I said, they're they're very they're, those guys are so articulate. They have wonderful vocabularies and they really seem like they all thought really long and hard about everything they were going to say before recording. Whereas, you know, <laughs> I just like to fly by the seat of my pants. Yeah, and uh, it's it's great though. It's a really fun. It's a really fun show to listen to. They get really, really, really in depth with stuff. With they, they, with with how they they spend a lot more time, I guess. And not that not that that's necessarily better or worse. It's just different. Like yeah. they they talk about Jason Bourne for so long. Yeah, and I really like it. And they <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a really really great show. So I I like how somewhat scholastic they get with it. It's really fun to listen to. So yeah, definitely keep it up, guys. Awesome. Uh, and speaking of Jason Bourne, uh, Alistair ends the email saying, Great review of Jason Bourne. Can we start a petition for the assets in the next Bourne film to be played by Gina Carano and Scott Adkins? Because that would clearly be super, oh super God. sweet. <laughs> Scott Adkins? Yeah, can we get it directed by Steven Soderbergh, too? <laughs> That'd be great. I'd be but back he, on board. Well, oh, he is directing things now, isn't he, still? Well, for HBO. <laughs> is that what he said? Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's really He's weird. He's floating around Cinemax at HBO, right? Yeah. Oh, isn't it Scott Adkins that fights uh, Statham at the end of one of the Expendables and he gets kicked into a jet engine? Uh, uh, yeah. I think it's Expendables 3, isn't it? No, oh, it's 2. Is it 2? I've seen, I've seen that one. That yeah. fight scene's so good. Yeah. Uh, the fight scene's all right, but the, the end of it's so <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> the fight scene's good. Yeah. Get Gary Daniels in it, too. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. he had a great fight scene the in first Expendables. the first Expendables. one, yeah. Yeah. He went out like a champ. <laughs> Gary Daniels has a whole series of great, <laughs> great endings to fight scenes all over YouTube. They're really funny. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Alistair slash Sandy, for yes. writing in. And one of these days, I will check out your podcast. I apologize that I haven't done it yet. You know, they, they review the BFG on the first episode. Yeah. And it's really cool to listen to because they they speak about Roald Dahl and BFG from a very different perspective since he's, like, of England and, ah, yeah. and is, a, is an important figure. I, at least, you know, it's never, it's never something I thought too much in depth about, but the way they speak about him is almost as though his reading growing up is, like, on the level of like us reading To Kill a Mockingbird or stuff like that, like it's of cultural importance to read Roald Dahl. Yeah, almost. and it's so it's really fun to listen to how how much reverence they have for him and and how they all know all of his books and mm-hmm. it's really cool. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I read some growing up, but I don't, I 
I'm by no means encyclopedic on it. Yeah. And they just come from a different place when speaking about him. And that's, it's really cool. It's fun to listen to. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I think it's time for our full review of Yorgos Lanthimos's The Lobster. The Maximum IMDb, Yorgos. Maximum Yorgos. <laughs> the IMDb synopsis says, In a dystopian near future, single people, according to the laws of the city, are taken to the hotel where they are obliged to find a romantic partner in 45 days or are transformed into beasts and sent off into the woods. Into beasts. The uh, so people in this movie include uh, Colin Farrell, uh, Ben Wishaw, uh, Rachel Weisz, and, uh, and oh, uh, John C. Riley, of course, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and many other people as well. Uh, this was one I think uh, Tommy wrote in and told us that we should check it out a while back, and it was on a few of our radars, too. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to, but it's one of those movies that like comes to the main art for a week and then evaporates and yeah, it disappears. Yeah, so <laughs> it's uh, Evapor- evaporates. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's exactly what happens. The, yeah, the print is gone. They yep. they show up here and then they're they, yeah they they're gone. Perfect. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, we finally got a uh, uh, we got to check it out. It's available for rental on Amazon Prime mm-hmm. uh, for five ninety nine, and uh, and iTunes and all that stuff. So, uh, has anybody seen any Yorgos movies previously? No. What was the other one? Dogtooth I, was the big yeah, one? Yeah, Dogtooth, I think, is the only one that's like seen any the kind of one. The big one. The big hit. The big smash yeah. hit. The Dog smash tooth. hit for Mr. Lanthimos. <laughs> um, so, no, it seems like none of us have. No. Um, but, yeah, The Lobster. Who wants to start with The Lobster? I'll kick things off. All right. I'm what, not afraid. What do you think, Willie? All right. Um... I liked the first half of the movie, I want to say. I, I was having fun with it. It's it's a bizarre premise, obviously. Um, it's funny. I think that's my, my big thing with the first first half of the movie for me was it, it was sad. It was it was depressing in a way. Um, it had that dark comedy feel. Absolutely. Too. Absolutely. But at the end of the like. I, I was laughing the whole way through. I was chuckling or shaking my head going, what is going on? <laughs> but in a good way, in a fun way. Yeah. Um, and then it, it, it hits a point in the movie where I, it kind of lost me and it, it couldn't quite pull me back. I found the, the final third or so of the movie to be very uninteresting. And I, I, I felt like the movie maybe, maybe was too ambitious for its own good. Mm. Like it was trying to say too much for its own good instead of just taking what is a really weirdly cool premise and just running with it. It, it for me it the things that I think that uh, Lord, uh, what's his first name I'm sorry uh, Yorgos Yorgos Anthemos. thank you I think that the things that, that Yorgos I'm just going to call him by his first name <laughs> like I know him um, I think Yogi, the things for short as friends call I don't know <laughs> Yogi yeah um, the things that he found interesting about this world are the things that are not the things I found interesting oh. and I think he he focused a lot on things that maybe I wish would have gone elsewhere, but that's just my own personal thing. And I think a lot of the enjoyment of this movie, just my theory is that a lot of your enjoyment of this movie will be based on kind of your own experiences in love in your love life. Yeah. Um, and I'm somebody who literally spent my entire decade of my twenties in one relationship. So <laughs> I don't like a lot of this, a lot of this. It's not that if I didn't do the digging into finding some of what he's trying to say, I could, I, I'd figure it out. I think it's there. It's all there. And a lot of it, I, you know, is pretty on the surface. But I, I, I didn't latch on to the the concept of the film enough because of my own personal like f- weirdness. Interesting. That I, I didn't, I wasn't 
interested in taking the journey and digging deeper into it. I was just like, yeah, okay. All right. To me, it felt really petty, but that's, there's other movies where I think that it would be reversed. So yeah, that's just me. All right. Tim. Okay. Well, what? Oh wait, hold on. We should real real quick. If I was an animal, I want you all to say when when you finish, I want you to say what animal you'd become. I would become, I think I'd become a a black Panther (laughs) because they're strong and agile and fast and they're pretty good. They're loners until it's time to time to hook up with a lover and, and, you know, I think I think they're wonderful. They drink by the watering hole and hang out with other animals, and then when they want to, they cut throats. I like them. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, uh, beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. <laughs> and majestic yeah. and brutal. I love it. Well, your answer is beautiful as well. Thank so, you. Thank you. Tim, your thoughts? Oh, okay. So we do the animal thing at the end. Yeah. 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 Save yeah. it. Save it. Uh, keep us. Keep us in suspense. <laughs> Boy, okay. I I should put this out there. I just got done watching this movie like an hour ago. <laughs> so, are you okay? <laughs> I feel like this is a movie that maybe won't benefit from like forty five minutes of letting it sink in. <laughs> um, Probably not. Right? Yeah. Uh, uh, Nick but, was just uh, saying, like, good for the other podcasts of doing like homework and <laughs> like, being prepared, and I'm just like barely fitting. To be fair, in. I'm about a day out, and I feel the same way right. that you do. So <laughs> the credits are still running at this house right now. <laughs> so yeah, I'm still kind of processing it because um, there's a lot to unpack with this. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of in the same... I really liked it, and then I liked it a little less. <laughs> and then I'm not sure if I liked it, and then I kind of liked it at the end. <laughs> All right. Um, um, I jotted down some stuff. I like that... Colin Farrell's great in this. Yeah. <laughs> Is Colin Farrell bad, really, anymore? Mm-mm. I haven't seen, we have not seen we Winter's Tale. We have not seen Winter's Tale. <laughs> Winter's Tale. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we, we, yeah, we Honestly, though, has, Colin, has Colin Farrell ever really been bad? He's been in bad movies. I don't think I've ever seen a bad Colin no, Farrell performance, or or at least one where he hasn't really, really tried exactly. super hard. Yeah, like he's the best part of Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, no, there's Colin unless you really like Evanescence. <laughs> <laughs> Wake me up. <laughs> or or imagining Electra hanging sandbags, drawing and, and, and then like knowing exactly where they are and when they're going to fall. Did anybody like see Total drawings. Recall? The remake? Oh boy, good point. I did not see that. He's probably good in it. Though. He's probably, yeah, he might be really good yeah. in it. Yeah, anyway, I'm fine. sorry, Tim. We got off, but he's really funny at this, and he's really good. Yeah. Um, I liked a lot of the kind of stilted, blunt dialogue in yeah. it. I thought that a lot of the literal stuff was really funny in this. Um, John C. Riley for the ten minutes he's in it is hysterical. <laughs> As always, the the first hour of the movie is really funny, and then it goes a different route than I expected. I liked the ambition a little more than Willie. I just where it started to annoy me was towards the end of the movie, where I was just like, "Oh my god, I really wish we would have set up the rules of this universe they're living yeah. in right now because it's driving me insane." Um. Like, I didn't know why they, they weren't doing certain things. And I went, like, I had to explain it to myself in my head. Like, why aren't you just doing this? Why aren't you yeah. Um, but I've never seen anything like it. Um, it commits to its premise. It, <laughs> I'm trying not to ruin much. Um, yeah, we, we're going to do a spoiler. I do I, like that Colin Farrell and I have the same body type now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I read the IMDb trivia and it said he gained 40 pounds for this role. And I was like, was it this role or was it True Detective or was it both right. at different times? Or, <laughs> or Horrible Bosses? Or, I think yeah. he just gained a bunch of weight and is just claiming that he did it for these roles. <laughs> he aligned his schedule so that he could be like kind of an out-of-shape guy. He just him. really likes Krispy Kreme. <laughs> he just can't help himself. Yeah, most of the stuff I jotted down real quick is all like spoiler stuff. Okay. Um, I liked, here's what I liked. It went a different route in the second half, not just plot-wise, but thematically. It's very cynical in the second half of the movie where you you watch the movie and you go, okay, this is just going to be someone like crapping all over like relationships for a while. And then the second half, it, he... It's spoilers, isn't it? But in the second half, it basically craps all over the other side of it, too. Yeah. And I dug that, and I liked it. And then once something else happens, I went out of like, let's... Let's shorten this up, guys, because yeah. it's very it's very slow paced and it's kind of tedious at times. Yeah, it takes a while to get to a point that could have been gotten to a point a lot quicker. All right, that's where I'll say. Well, and what animal would you? A sea turtle. Ooh, why? It's pretty good. You live a long time. <laughs> yeah, you can travel the world. <laughs> exactly. There do you, you like go. the sea? I do like, like the Colin Farrell. I do like Colin Farrell. I like the no, sea. No, like Colin Farrell likes the sea. <laughs> oh, he does, movie. doesn't he? Oh, that's why he picks a lobster. Yes. Oh. One of many reasons. I thought, oh. I thought sea turtles were like Colin Farrell. Like, I went along with that. Thinking like, oh, sea turtles are a big fan. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> they roll deep, too. They have like a whole crew with them when they... Yeah. yeah. Right. The things you got to worry about, of course, are six-pack uh, things. Yeah. <laughs> On the beak. And yeah. mm-hmm. I think beaks get alive in Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah. yeah so. They don't shoot those movies anymore, though. So you're good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's really sad. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Tim. Yeah. Nick, your thoughts on The Lobster? <laughs> I liked it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I like it more now, too. Well, and I re- after what Tim said. I really, I, wa- I, want, I want Tim to say, I should just read off the text that he sent me last night. Oh, I sent uh, it to the Nick, too, I think. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> like uh, Tim wasn't sure he was going to be here today. <laughs> And uh, and I, I texted him and said, ah, that's a shame. What a fucked up movie. I hope you watch it at some point because I'd love to know what you think. And then after a while, he wrote back and said, LOL, I've got Nick texting me that I would like it. Willie texted me that he doesn't think I would like it. You telling me that it's fucked up. I don't know what to think. Now I really want to see it. Yeah. I just thought that was that was a pretty good summation. But anyway, sorry, Nick. Yeah. You liked it a lot. I did. Yeah, uh, I did. I, I agree, though. I agree with every, mostly everything that both of you guys said. I think that the second half is very different from the first half, but mm-hmm. I kind of like that because as it was nearing the climax-ish of, of the first half, I don't, I don't know if it's halfway through the movie or what, but you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, I was wondering, like, how, where can this movie go? Because I kind of was like, it either needs to end in, like, 15 minutes or, or it's going to go somewhere else really different. I, I was really not sure of what was going to happen. Uh, I do think it's a little bit too long. Uh, it did start to lose my interest a little bit towards the end, and I, I, I actually kind of found myself wanting to be like, okay, I wanted to fast forward. I wanted to. I wished that we still had like, or I still had the DVD player where you could press like times two speed with the captions, and you could just read really quickly what was happening. Because I used to do that all the time, <laughs> and just blitz through movies like, and the movies were suddenly like fifty minutes long, and it was awesome. Like, like, like movies that I, I kind of wanted to watch but didn't want to commit like two hours to. If this movie had been like an hour and thirty five, like an hour and forty minutes, it probably would be better. Uh, but I think, <laughs> man, I don't know why I liked it so much. Cause I, it's, it reminds me a lot of, there's this, there's this, God, I really don't want to sound like a dick or too highbrow or anything, but I'm really not trying to, but there's this French movie that I, it, it's, it's on Criterion too. And, <laughs> and I watched it. Lance has seen it. And I, I hope Lance watches the lobster. Cause I would love to hear what he has to say in comparison to this movie. 
but uh, it's where where it drops you into the middle of this weird world, and you don't really know what's going on, and some stuff about it you don't even find out until near the very end of the movie, and yeah. suddenly things align, or or you at least some some really really basic questions finally get answered, like like kind of like you were saying, like there's a lot of rules that either never get explained or they get like kind of haphazardly explained. But I don't think it's sloppy filmmaking. I think that the director's just not interested in telling you. Like he's just kind of like you need to be along for this kind of weird weirdo ride and just get what you can out of it, I guess. What's the name of yeah, the movie? The uh last year at Marionbad. Okay. Uh it's really awesome. It's it's weirder than the lobster, but it, it's the same kind of way where you're watching it and it's it's it and, and it's similar because most of this movie or, or a good portion of this movie takes place in the hotel. Mm-hmm. And the whole premise of last year at Marionbad is there's this huge party at this giant uh, palace in France, you know, in Europe they have those huge palaces. There's this big party, and this woman is there. You don't know who she is. You don't know what the party's for or anything. And this man keeps approaching her and telling her that they know each other, and that last year at Marienbad, which is the name of the estate, they said that uh, in a year from then, if they met again, they would run away together. And she says, "I don't know you, and I don't know why you're telling me this." And he's like, "It's all true." And so you spend the whole movie like wandering around this bizarre palace with these crazy set pieces in there like of of how actors are blocked and it's really bizarre it's like kind of it's not trippy but it's kind of surreal it's very surreal it's yeah yeah, and it's it reminds me a lot of the lobster because the way the hotel looks in the lobster reminded me a lot of it and a lot of the scenarios in the lobster like like the when a man walks alone or when a woman walks alone like all those sequences (laughs) which were too long they they went on I, i was like okay we get it but they're very much like that where it's just very bizarre and you're watching like these weirdly neatly arranged people sitting and watching it's definitely it's very European, as is what I can say. Like an American director would, aside from Wes Anderson, would never make anything like this. <laughs> and a Wes Anderson version of this script would probably be so good. It would probably be <laughs> awesome. Uh, and a real lobster would probably show up at some point. And it, man, I think it's f- super funny though. I think, I think for somebody who was like a who was like a really persistent dater. Maybe not even by choice. I, I would just love to watch like a person with a really awful like love life who's constantly just dating watch this movie and see how they react because it would probably <laughs> it'd probably be such a bummer. <laughs> it probably would take it so hard. It's uh, it's it's really funny, and I think I think it it's. I was reading a lot of a lot of reviews and people were like nah, the satire is so on the nose, and I was like I I agree, but I think that's really funny. Like it's super, it's barely trying to hide like what it is, and a lot of people are holding it against it, and I was like I think that's kind of funny though. Yeah. Man, I don't like that argument because satire kind of should be on the nose, or else people aren't going to get it. it, (laughs) No, I know that's what I was thinking. Yeah, as I was reading it, I was kind of, I was like, well, what do you want? Something that's that's written so abstractly that that you don't understand what they're talking about? Because I, I just, I don't know. I really liked it. I thought, I thought that was funny. I do agree. The second half gets a little. Not even the second half, but like the kind of the last act gets a little bit lost. But I, I like. I liked learning more about the world, and I, I do, I do almost wish we got a little bit more. But I, I like that we're we're kind of left to draw our own conclusions as to why exactly the things that are happening are happening. Uh, I, yeah, I thought it was really interesting, and I don't know if I will ever watch it again. But I did really enjoy my time with it, and I think the performances are all are all really really strong. And there's. I like that there's really not that many famous people in it. There's a lot of characters, and all of them are cast really really well. And uh, I didn't really like the music. That was one thing that I remember, like being like, mm, "I don't." It's it like, like a horror movie soundtrack. Well, me. it sounds like um, Johnny Greenwood. Is that his name from Radiohead? The guy who does oh. the, the "There Will Be Blood" and mm. 
yeah. It yeah. sounded like it was kind of going for that, and I didn't like it. I don't. They didn't think it meshed. I I, th- I thought certain <laughs> scenes I was fine with it, but they they kept doing that same musical cue in the strings where, going. Yeah, dun, where, dun, dun. I, I yeah. yeah yeah. And I was like, that doesn't belong. No in this no. Scene. It was it yeah. was that that was the only part of the movie to me that felt like it was trying too hard. The rest of it, I could see somebody saying it was it was trying a little bit too hard, but I th- I thought it worked. I thought it was really funny. I I was actually just jotting down not even notes, but just parts that I really really liked. And there's so many of them that I can talk about in spoilers. <laughs> but Colin Farrell's awesome in this movie. He's really funny. And again, the, the poster for this movie is so perfect. It really caught my... That's what caught my eye initially when I, I hadn't even heard of it, but I saw the poster on like the coming soon somewhere. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, what a cool poster. And now that I've seen the movie, I look at it again and I'm like, this is even better. It's really good. Uh, yeah. I'm excited to talk about spoilers. So. All right. Oh, Nick? uh I don't know, man. If you'd asked me when I was younger, I probably would have said a penguin. Because I like penguins, mm-hmm. but I don't think I would like that so much anymore. Although they do, don't penguins kind of uh, roam around forever and they find their one? They mate for life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's kind of neat. And they journey through the winters to find each to other. To find each yeah. other, hey, the movie could have almost been called the Penguin, and it still would have made sense thematically. Yeah, uh, but I think I would probably be. <sighs> I like foxes a lot. I think foxes are cool animals. Either that's like cool. a fox or. Like a jaguar. I think jaguars are really neat because they just hang in trees and just <laughs> chill and just kind of watch shit go on down below them. And, and then they occasionally it, su- like grab something. Yeah, and when they do, there's there's no... They're like, I'm hungry. I'm going to eat that. Got it. Back in the tree. And they'll take their food up in the tree and just chill up there and eat with it. It's pretty sweet. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Or an owl. Owls are cool, too. All Flying right. would be fun. Yeah. Lobsters Ooh, owls fun. are an underrated animal. I want to throw that out there. I think yeah. owls are adorable. Mm-hmm. So. Which, kind of, which kind of owl? Uh, the one with the big eyes. <laughs> <laughs> they can no, be adorable. Like, they can be scary, though. Yeah. Like a great horned owl. Those are I'm not familiar with a different. Oh. Like the brown ones, though. Yeah, they're pretty cool. Have you seen that gif with the owls? Of the barn owls? Yeah, the barn owls. Oh, my owls. God. It's so creepy. I'm going to. It's just, great. I just want to know if this pulls up for this our is, listeners. This is a good sidetrack. If you say barn owl gifs on, uh, on, on Google, it's I really think it, it is going to. Oh, there's a YouTube clip. Yeah, it's so creepy. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. I'm going to show it to... These are not the adorable kind. Uh, here we go. You could watch it over and over and just watch a different owl each Oh, year. my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Look so at the one in the background just talking. See, like this looks like it should be in some sort of like witchcraft movie. Yeah. 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 Why are the, what are those ones doing? In the, like, they're like rotating their heads around. Oh, yeah. We don't know. Anyway, search for... Conjuring a bigger owl <laughs> to come and defend them. Search for barn owl gif on Google if you, if you want to see what <laughs> yeah, we're talking about. Yeah, never mind. I'm stick with Jaguar. That was just swallowing <laughs> a giant rat. That <laughs> was just going... <laughs> like Jim Carrey in the background. <laughs> um, yeah, so I sat down to this movie thinking I was going to get a relationshipy Alex movie, and uh, and I didn't. But I really love the weird dystopian world building film that I did end up actually getting. Uh, so that that was very interesting to me. But I'm still really kind of perplexed as to what to think about it. Uh, I remember. I, and I watched this movie with Nicole, and Nicole was kind of in and out of it at, at a lot of points. But she was, she was like watching it, and and it was just such a foreign concept to her of like these people need to get together to survive. Why aren't they talking to each other? And then I was like, I I would not make it out of the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's me. Like I would not make it out of that hotel. Because they just can't do it, and so it was. A, it was a very interesting experience for me to watch this and be like, 
<laughs> this is me. <laughs> <laughs> it's killing me that you're still wearing your tiara while you're saying this. That says queen on it. Yeah. <laughs> so, this is me. <laughs> so it was, I mean, that for that alone, I thought it was a very interesting experience. And just kind of thinking about how the rules that they impose on this would affect relationships in general. Like, it's not so much that, like, getting dumped means so much more in that world because it could mean that you're going to no longer be a human in the, in the, in the long run. And then even Nicole was like, so she, like his wife meets, like how did she, what happened there? And then I was like, oh, she met somebody else. And then she's like, well, how did she meet that other person if there's no single people out there? And then I was like, well, I don't really know. Maybe he was also married yeah. or I don't, like we just don't know that. So I like those questions that that this movie kind of asks and and doesn't necessarily isn't concerned with answering as you guys have kind of said. So um that was pretty cool. I think it's a very interesting film uh and I really really want to I wish I had seen it in theaters because of the pacing of the movie I found myself wanting to pause it and oh i'm gonna go get another freeze pop out of the fridge or oh i gotta go finish some laundry like it was hard for me to stay rooted and really pay attention to it but i think the movie would have really benefited from that so if it's gonna be near in a theater near you i would probably recommend the theater experience just to force yourself like a lot like the only god forgive situation although i don't know that being forced to watch it really helped as much as i think it would this movie um i think I think it would have been a very different experience had I had seen it in the theater. I think I would have kind of walked out of it with a little bit more cogent thought or something just to be able to, to talk about it a little bit more. But That's interesting. This, this, uh, normally, you know, 9.9 9. 9 times out of 10, I would, I would agree, but like, and it, it would be, f- I almost think it might be funnier in the theater yeah. depending on who you were seeing it. Like if other That's people true. were laughing, yeah. but I was watching it by myself at home, and when it ended, like a little bit after it ended, uh, I was just kind of like thinking about it. I was like, whoa. And my girlfriend came home, and she's like, hi. And I just like hugged her, and I was like, <laughs> I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, yeah, I can totally, I can see that. But I, it, it does, I think the movie, movie raises a lot of questions, and it is something that I think I would like to revisit. I think I would especially like to revisit when we start thinking about our top tens of the year. Because I think I think after some time, like now that I know what the movie is, and now that I know that I would really like to just like turn the phone off and have nothing else going on and sit down and watch it, I think it would be uh, it would be a very interesting rewatch. You know, after it ended, I I thought back to our viewing and and recording about the one that I love. Yeah, and I and I was thinking because they're. They're not the same, but they kind of, in a way, deal with similar yeah. themes. Was that and the I, Elizabeth Moss? Yep. Yeah. Uh, J, uh, Mark Duplass movie. Oh, okay. Did you watch that one? I did watch that. I liked it, yeah. yeah I, didn't I watched like that it too. I didn't yeah. like it that much. I thought it was okay. This I really liked, though, and I don't know what that says, but I think it's kind of interesting <laughs> because they're they're not dealing with the same thing, but there's like similar themes involved, and, and yeah. I think that... They would That's almost, a cool double feature. They'd That's almost, a, yeah, exactly. They'd almost be a, an interesting, like, yeah. A B test opposite each other. I, I really want Lance to see the lobster because he he recorded that episode with us on on the one. That yeah, I he loved. did. He did. I'd like to see what he would say about this movie. Absolutely, absolutely. Lance, right in, or come talk Just about it. Just be on the show. Uh, all right. So I think we should get into spoilers and uh, and get on with the show. So we'll be right back in spoiler Terry. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back. We're in spoiler Terry for the lobster. We're in the woods for the wo- for the for the lobster. The lobster. My animal that I forgot to talk about. I'm really disappointed. I didn't think of penguin because that's perfect for me. I think so. I'm gonna steal that one. But sure. originally I was thinking, and it's funny because I'm kind of like going down what I thought my favorite animals were in like elementary school. I don't know why, but I think I'd want to be a giraffe <laughs> for the fights. Well, for the fights. <laughs> But also, I don't know, it's like, it's one of those things where, as they say in the movie, there aren't that many of them, so you're more likely to, like, I don't know, I guess. Oh my god, I love that. I love that explanation. Yeah. That was so cool. Kind of the idea that, like, everybody thinks they should be a dog, and that's, that's why there's so many, many dogs, dogs yeah. in the world. Yeah. Like, that, I thought that was, that was interesting. So I feel like a giraffe would be a pretty good, a pretty good pick for some reason. It might be a tough life in Africa. It's interesting, but. like, uh, you know, the question... That really poses what animal would you want to be? But like, if you were going to answer really honestly, like, what animal do you think you would be? I think that would be pretty interesting. I I think the answer would be a penguin. You would probably. be a penguin. Yeah, I think that would have to be it. I mean, besides the obvious, I want to be a wiener dog, but you know, you want to be a wiener. Everybody's dog? a dog, so I don't want to do that. I don't. I wouldn't want to be a dog. And safely say. I don't know. I think the. Pan- I guess if you really, I'd want to be, be the the wiener dog of a morel family because <laughs> i guess if you want to be we around get treated people, pretty well yeah if you want to be around people the rest of your life i thought yeah. that was a good answer but so spoilers oh tim yeah. you had some notes that were spoilers oh, do you want do you want to kind of lead us off a little no, bit i just kind of did what nick did and wrote down things that were making me laugh oh so, okay no yeah it's it's pretty rare that i take notes for uh and you know what? that's that's the other upside to watching it at home is i have no problem about pulling my phone that's out and, and typing something out real quick yep but uh, yeah, I was just writing down things that I really liked or like little thoughts that would pop into my head about like, this is interesting for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we should talk. Because the first half, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the second half, he meets up with like a gang of roaming single Yeah, the people. single the single people. Mm-hmm. And I liked that because it's just as frustrating for him in that world as it was in the last world. Yeah. And I really dug that because um, I thought it was going to go a different route. Um, and my favorite joke in the movie, which is that all the singles they just dance around to electronic music <laughs> by themselves. <laughs> that's such an that's such an old man funny joke to me. <laughs> uh, but no, I I really like that. And then where I started to lose it is when him and Rachel Vice started to kind of fall for each other because that's when I started to question like the rules of the world. And maybe I just wasn't getting that part of the movie as well as I should have. Or, and I don't think he, he, very purposely, the director, Yorgos, he, um, Yogi, 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 Yago, Drago, and, um, Yago, he, Gideon Yago from MTV News in 2000, <laughs> nobody, what, boy, um, he's purposely not setting up these rules yeah. and he's not mentioning a lot of them. And I, I get that. I like it, it but it, it, pers- it frustrated me. Well, and it's not so much that he, like, yeah, I guess he isn't setting up the rules in a lot of cases, but I feel like Lee Sidu, the Bond girl mm-hmm. and from Blue the Warmest Color and all that stuff, she, she very actively is like, there's no relationships here. And yet they kind of find themselves in situations where they need to fake the relationships in order to be in the city. Right. And so I never quite like understood exactly what she expected to happen in those situations or like why she was so, you know, why that rule exists if they're just going to, I don't know that. And that's where some of like the ruliness of it doesn't really 
sync up for me. And maybe and I I, wish there was maybe more. someone can answer this, and I may have just missed it. But why was why was it so difficult for them those two to just run away, not run away together? Uh, I think essentially, like the way that it seems is that they would essentially be like like illegal aliens in the sense that they wouldn't have the documentation to show ah, that they okay okay I forgot about the documentation scene okay yeah nope that makes sense then okay so that that's kind of like the main concern of it I think they would have to like go and find some kind of forger or something mm-hmm. like that to that makes sense okay. I love that we're having this conversation about this movie though because when I saw the trailer this isn't what I would have expected to be talking about with this movie at all so I think that's cool but um. Um, the uh, the couple, the the singer, they're really funny. That was good. Oh yeah, uh, the hotel manager and, yep. her, yeah. and her, yep. husband or, her she, partner. Yeah, that that made me crack up. I thought the movie was funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I one of the things that I forgot to talk about in the non spoilers is just the idea of these like I don't know if I want to call them emotionally stunted people necessarily, but that's kind of what they are. It had that feeling to me of of. Uh, something we talked about a long time ago that's not very politically correct but the idea of Asperger's in space that we have discussed <laughs> previously on the podcast but these people that are like very what no i i was not on this episode you weren't on this episode no. we were talking i think we were talking about gravity or something like what no we were spe- talking about um that movie i hated with uh charlotte copley oh the 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 something project Sure. The Europa Report. Oh, I was oh, going to say, Europa I don't remember this conversation at oh, all either. I was on that episode. On that I don't episode. remember that. I, that. I think that was it. But the idea of like Asperger's in space and like having people that are very rationally thinking about the situations like, oh, I need to be the one that is jettisoned here. <laughs> and that kind of idea. This kind of feels a little bit like that universe in that sense. Um, so I think it's it's interesting to kind of watch how people would interact in that universe. Although... I guess in that sense they'd be a little more pragmatic, which is kind of what his relationship with like the the emotionless woman, yeah, the heartless woman, heartless is, woman is kind she's of, she was kind great. Of, oh. Yeah, like that's kind oh, of what, man. That's kind of the what most. What a dreamboat. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I but no, no, I just, I just think that that whole dynamic of the world. Somebody in a review said that they they liked watching Colin Farrell. You can see Colin Farrell restraining himself from like emoting and having that kind of what we think of as like a normal human interaction with these people around him. I think it was around, there was like a great line like related to that in the movie. Um, he goes like, it's more difficult to pre- pretend you do have feelings when you don't than pretending like you don't when you do. And I'm yeah, like, Oh my God. Absolutely. Like movies worth it for that. Yeah, yeah. totally. But it's it, a good line. It's yeah. So I think, I just think that that dynamic is very interesting. Uh, Nick, did you want to delve into any of your notes? Sure. <laughs> there were, I, I really like how the, the, the whole movie, I, I don't, I guess I don't, I, I think the whole movie feels like a giant statement about just date, not even, I guess not even dating, just like re- love or just relationships in general. Yeah. And, and because the whole movie kind of feels like it's a, it's about that in pretty much every sense. I kind of don't mind the sloppiness of it at times because, you know, love and relationships are pretty sloppy too. Yeah. So I think that because the the movie is kind of exploring all facets of not all facets, but many facets of that. Like Tim said, he's not he, he goes through the the relationship hotel, which is really the whole. I have so many words and I just can't put them into one thought. 
I like the the hotel is basically the the idea of like social pressures to be in relationships. Yeah, and I would love also to get thoughts on this movie from people who are who are single. They want to be perpetually single by choice. Like they don't want to be married. They don't want to be in a serious relationship. I would love to see a review of somebody who comes from that mindset and watches this movie because that's probably how they would feel sometimes. Like you're being forced. And I think that you kind of get both sides of the coin in the hotel and in the woods. Right. Obviously, with the singles, you know, there's kind of... There's a little bit of grass is always greener yeah. type of thought. And uh, I loved the the joke when Colin Farrell, when John C. Reilly stumbles upon him in the woods with a gun. Yeah. He's like, it's great. You can listen to music whenever you want. You can masturbate. <laughs> like, he's just kind of like talking about <laughs> being single is so great. Yeah. And... It's just like like most things he talks about in the movie. It's so half hearted. Like yep. he just has the weirdest delivery. Like nothing's really good enough for him or like satisfactory. It's not. It's just not quite clicking. And that's so funny. Like that, the like like kind of almost like that review was saying. It's almost so so on the. It's not really thinly veiled at all. But I think that's great. Like I think it's it's so in your face with like the idea of being forced to to date or procreate or get married is like obnoxious to some people like that, yeah. that it's expected of society and then the idea that being single you're, you're viewed as this like barbaric thing that needs to be hunted down and, and <laughs> caught is really good uh a couple of parts that made me laugh super hard the whole the lot the, the discussion of the lobster is the part's just so funny because mm-hmm. he doesn't hesitate and there's not a lot of like pauses in this movie. Dialogue runs right together, and that's kind of funny. It's like everyone's rehearsed what they're saying. Everything's so stilted and like a job interview the whole time. And like everything in it is so so false. Like even when they go and uh, they see uh, the the loner leader's parents, they yeah. go to her house for some reason, and the whole thing is just so artificial and stiff. And you're like, yeah. how do these people not be like, hey, what's wrong with the four of you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the whole, what kind of animal? A lobster. He just says it right away and explains it right away. Like he's thought long and hard about it. And she's like, excellent choice. Lobster's a very good choice. Yeah. The whole thing is really funny. Uh, and then the other scene that cracked me up is when he's like psyching himself up to talk to the heartless woman. And he's like, I'll follow her into the woods. I shall catch somebody. And I'll say, I hope he dies very quickly. And he, Wish he, we had real guns. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he's got this whole thing prepared in his mind. And I was like, this is exactly... How like you used to feel as like a teenager if you want to go talk to a girl you like and you're like psyching it up in your head like what you're gonna say and how the moment's gonna used unfold. Used to. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Talking about me? No. <laughs> the uh, but the that and then and then the 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 reality is nothing like that ever yeah. and it's just so funny how that woman jumps out the window and he just walks up to her and blurts out all these lines yeah. and no, with no <laughs> grace whatsoever and it totally works like that. That part cracked me up so oh, much. Oh, God. Is that the part where he comes back from the golf course? Yep. yep. And, he, and he says yep. he doesn't want to hear her screaming. Yeah. I was hoping it. to have a nap, but I want to have some idiot woman yelling in the background. I hope she dies quickly. That was the funniest part. Actually, I hope she <laughs> suffers. Uh, yeah. That, that whole scene was so... Because he just vomits everything he wants to say. And then she's like, we'll talk later. There's, I can't hear you. Oh, yeah, I can't she hear was, you over the I screaming. I can't hear you over the screaming. We'll talk later. And he, and he kind of stands and she goes, goodbye. And then goes back to her tea and like watching the woman die. And I was yeah. like... Oh my god, this is so ridiculous. Uh, ben Wishaw's character, I thought, was really interesting. Yeah, the, the limping that, man. The limping man, yeah, because I, I really liked the idea of this one character who was who was willing to lie so hard in order to make it in the relationship, and I think that that that's an interesting avenue that the movie kind of explored just a little bit, and it, not not fleshed out too much, but the 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 idea that there's a person who's willing to create 
giant lie about themselves in order to exist in this relationship, whether, you know, I, I would probably say that that's probably not good in, in real life. In general, well, yeah. to, to, but in, in the, for the purposes of the movie, it's kind of like, well, he just wants to live. But at the same time, he doesn't want to be happy necessarily. He just wants to make it out of the hotel. And I thought that was pretty cool. I like that, that that character was very different than the rest of them. And John C. Riley is kind of the one who just says, oh, well, I just need more time. And then, and then it'll happen for me rather than like trying more yeah. or like following the rules. And instead, he just wants to jerk off and then get his hand burned in the toaster. <laughs> oh, that was awesome, too. And Colin Farrell kind of does at the, at the same time. He kind of lies to try to make it work. But. But that doesn't it, it ends up not working all, out. Right? Yeah, and he can't he can't lie to himself or to her. He has to cry when she kicks his brother to death. That was, was so sick. fucking terrible. It was really awful. I, I like, and it's not like this is something that is out of the ordinary. But it, the killing dogs in movies and TV shows is so difficult for me to like deal with at all that it's you know that's hard. But that was I, obviously I think that's what they intend. And and watching Colin Farrell's reaction to that that situation is yeah, and, very and then interesting. Coming right off the heels of like it was some of it was funny with him lying, like when when Ben Wishaw's fake girl, little daughter comes up and he yeah, like and kicks, he kicks her. her. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Why would I want to talk to a silly little girl?" And then like, kicks her and walks away. Yeah, <laughs> no, you no, favor, now you limp like your dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the other the other thing that I thought was really funny and interesting is how everyone has like a a defining characteristic picked out that they yeah. they have the. It, the whole this movie. person will match me if they right because this and the part that I mean it was kind of funny where Ben Wish I was like I have a limp and he told the weird story about how he thought his mom was one of the wolves and and that that whole scene I was kind of like this is bizarre but that that is a pretty distinct characteristic and then the woman comes up she's like I have a very beautiful smile and <laughs> just smiles and then it cuts away and I was like oh my god that's so sad and really funny <laughs> that they have to like go up in front of this like forum of people and say this is what makes me special this yeah. one. I've been distilled down to this one trait. Are we a match or not? And then I loved Colin Farrell at the end, kind of fighting that, showing up on the yacht and being like, he's lying, his nose doesn't bleed. And yeah. then they like, kill him. <laughs> Just, man, this movie's so weird. I like it a lot. <laughs> I do want to, like Willie kind of said, though, like the, I would love to see more of the world. Yeah. But at the same time, it was just enough where I'm interested, but uh, maybe too much more would have been bad, or it may have been too much in the wrong direction. I don't know. And Rachel Weiss was good too. Mm-hmm. I I wanted to say I liked the moment when <laughs> when they describe how the like once you find your your other person, then you go and have like the trial period. You go you go to like the double suite or whatever, mm-hmm. and if you cannot resolve <laughs> your your arguments or anything, you'll be given a child because that usually helps. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it was very... almost. It kind of reminds me in a way of Portal. Like the way that the writing is so yeah. just like in your face with how stupid these That's situations very can be. Yeah. What did you guys think about the ending? Yeah, I want to talk about that too. Well, uh, before we get there, Willie, is there anything in the spoilatory that you want to talk I don't about? I've said anything. Yeah, and I, I like I, I want to hear more. Like what is like I don't you, you didn't really like it very no, much. No, no, I didn't. Um, I don't know. I. The scene at the beginning was funny with the donkey getting shot. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, honestly, that, that I was like, "What am I?" What was it a donkey? Yeah, it was a donkey. I think For some so. reason, I thought it was like a mini horse, like a little Sebastian. Yeah, I don't. It, shot it, the donkey. Yeah. A mini horse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like a mini bike. <laughs> oh a mini boy! Horse. What a mi- 
It's okay if you don't have any. I just didn't want to like. I felt no, like no, no, no. I didn't want good. us to exclude you from the discussion. Um, I, I don't know. On the topic of the um, the defining characteristics thing, I think that that's just that's kind of a commentary on how oftentimes we view people of the opposite sex or the sex that are not even the opposite. If you're you know if you're gay, you yeah. Because I mean, I, I let's just be honest with ourselves. I'm sure at some point in all of our lives, we've looked at somebody and gone. Oh, she's nice, but this. But she's not. But yeah. she's got a limp. Yeah. Oh, she's nice, but this. Or you know what I mean? Or we not even necessarily in a romantic way, but we've looked at, we've looked at other people. You know, you know. Oh, he seems like a nice, nice dude, but he, but this, like he yeah. does this. Well, like, he, it's like Tinder, right? Or he likes this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's just. That, I mean, that's that's kind of the way things work now. It's kind of. I mean, like, like yes, it's being. We're seeing it through this weird. Prism lens. of this this weird universe. That's kind of the way the world works right now, guys. Yeah. Like, um, like if you, if you asked if you brought a a room full of ten people who had known you for all of an hour, and you asked them all blindly, what's the defining characteristic of that person? They'd probably all pick out the same thing. Yeah, or most of them would probably pick out the same thing. And it's kind of sad, but um, I don't know. I like the the I like the idea of the uh, the woodsy community and that you know that they represent obviously this the single life and that they've instilled all these rules upon upon the people that live in this community which is really funny to me because that's the i I mean i don't like i said i don't have much of a concept of being single so but but from what i understand there's a lot of rules that are put on you as a single person hey you can't call them until after this many hours or oh if they don't you know like there's stupid rules of like Oh, you don't kiss on the first date, or you you can't uh, have sex until a month, and you know, like that kind of thing. Like, I, there's all these little like rules and regulations that. There's even one like I, when I was like attempting to do some kind of online dating. Sure. I, w- I would like and be like, hey, let's go get some dinner, and then when I would talk to other people, they'd be like, no, you can't offer dinner. It's bad call, dude. You got you yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. That's too much of a commitment. You got to do coffee because then you guys can peace out if it doesn't work. And I was like, oh. Right. Where's yeah. that in the handbook? Like I, whatever. Right. But. It's all these rules that that you have to abide by, and 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 I think on the uh, another portion of that is the anger that they they, well, I guess the punishment that they they give people that wind up breaking those rules. Uh, in this case, it's a different. If it, I mean, it's not about you know these small rules. It's about you can't even have physical contact with the opposite sex. Really. Yeah. And I find that interesting because, I mean, I think we've probably all been uh, friends with somebody who's that perpetually single person. And when you get in a relationship, they get pissed. <laughs> no, they do. They get they get like even if they don't outwardly act act pissed or upset, there's a there's an element of a, a weird feeling of betrayal. I've even yeah. I mean, I, I've even had that feeling before where I, like somebody's jumped in a relationship and I've been like, oh, it's all I'm going to see of them. That's it for yeah. that. You know what I mean? So and we've all been on the receiving end of that. We've all been on the giving end of that, I think, at some point, And it just. Yeah. So that that was kind of fun. I mean, the stuff the stuff you don't have to dig too deep to find what they're trying to talk about here, and to, to find the the um, comparisons to actual real world, you know, dating and life, love life stuff. Um, I I found some of that fun. I found it fun to try and and piece together what was going on in this weird dystopian society with what actually takes place. And they're not that far that that far removed from each other weirdly enough yeah yeah we don't turn to animals though so that's good yeah i guess yeah that was a cool mechanic like in some of the scenes where like weird animals were roaming yeah. by in the background that's pretty fun. It's like there's a, there's a, a camel, camel in the woods <laughs> a peacock keeps running around yeah 
Yeah, that was kind of fun. Do you guys think that the... I, I'm, I'm honestly curious. I, I read a thing... This is one of those movies where, at the very least, I didn't enjoy... I didn't like it. I won't watch it again, which is fine. That's just my personal thing. But I, but I did go online afterwards and look at what people were saying about it. Because it's one of those movies where you're like... I don't like to go on and be like, what does the ending mean? But I like to go on and like... <laughs> I like to go on and, and at least like look up... Um, See what other people thought. Yeah, yeah. Like Maybe people have theories or views on stuff that I never would have thought of. And I did like I forgot about the, the opening scene with the all jokes aside the donkey being shot in the head. Yeah. But a lot of people were saying that they thought that maybe that was the animal that they would turn you into if you were as the final punishment. Remember they mentioned that there's an animal that no yeah, one wants, wants to, be, to be, and it was you know it's a donkey like an ass you know and and that either that donkey being shot was a lot of people thought it was Colin Farrell um, that. He did not go back to Rachel Vice. He couldn't get over the fact that she had gone blind. He couldn't get it past whether he couldn't go through with doing it himself or whether he couldn't get past her uh not deformity, but her I don't know, whatever. Disability. Disability, yeah. yeah. He couldn't get past that fact, so he ditched her. Okay. And I think you could you could I think the lingering on her by herself, you could definitely jump to that conclusion that he never showed back up to that table. Um, I, I don't know. A lot of people thought that he is the donkey and that that was his ex that he's talking to on the phone that goes up there and mercy kills him. I was like, that's kind of interesting. I don't know. There's nothing to really say that that's for sure, but I was like, that's a that's an interesting way to interpret it. Because, I mean, otherwise, the, 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 I feel like there's more to that donkey than, than, we're, than we're being given here. Yeah. It's a wonderful just throw you in the deep end of the pool of this weird, weird universe, but it's not. There's more to it than that, I think. Or maybe the donkey is the mean woman. I don't know. Maybe someone's off in the mean woman. Hmm. That donkey's somebody. That's all I'm saying. Maybe it's John C. Riley. <laughs> we don't. Maybe he has a lisp. I don't know. Yeah, I guess I I didn't put that much thought into it. I just thought of it as like maybe somebody who had gotten spurned, but that didn't make much sense because then why would the person who ended up single be the one that? Am I, I, I crazy know. here? Anybody else? No, I don't. Donkey I, maybe? Like, yeah. <laughs> no, you're not crazy. No, no, no. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm like, uh, all right. No, I was just thinking out of my head. Like, I'm doing a lot of things right now. Because I would think it would have to be connected to the rest of the movie. Yeah, it, it, so, it's, yeah. it's so disconnected from everything that follows that I would, I kind of, I can see the Colin Farrell thing. Because, yeah, speaking of the ending, yeah, I don't think he goes back to her. I don't mm-hmm. think he gouges his eyes out. Did she, I must have missed, did she ask him to blind himself? I don't he think volunteered so. because he gives, <laughs> he speaks to her in their code language. Mm-hmm. Their, I raised my left knee, I made, you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. And she says, are you sure you're willing to go through with that? And right. then he says, yes. And at first I, I initially thought that they were talking about the knocking out of um, Leah Sado and feeding her to wolves mm-hmm. or to dogs. But I, I think what they, he was actually saying, yeah, I'm willing to go through with it was the, was the blinding. Make himself. Blind. Yeah. To, to be compatible with her. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I I think uh, really the only thing that I could think about, I was like, wow, if he does that, he's just gonna die. If you, yeah. I was like, I don't think he's gonna make it out of make that. Make it to the table. Yeah, like, well, not even just make it to the table. I just, you know, <laughs> no, the way he was holding it too, it's like, gonna, <laughs> it's like he was gonna jab his head forward into. It. I'm like, that's not a good. Call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch a YouTube video on how it's done <laughs> before you do that. How to blind yourself. <laughs> yeah. I think you yeah. said, I watched a YouTube video on how it's done. I'm like, Jesus, that's on YouTube? <laughs> yeah, I did some deep research right away. Yeah. Did, it, did anybody else know as soon as like the doctor moved Rachel Weiss, like you were like, oh, there's something messed up going to happen here? I thought 
she was going to force Rachel Vice to get um, to be. Um, God, I can't say anything tonight. I'm, <laughs> I think all that silence that I had there has made it impossible for me to say. Um, was going to um, sterilize her. That's uh, what I thought it was at first, because the way she was talking was like, like that was the that was the plan, and which would have made sense because like she knew at that point that the two of them were, you know, yeah. um, and planning to run away and by doing that that would totally ruin any chance that's what i thought it was hmm. but i thought that actually might be more interesting than more interesting uh, like a a thing for them to get through as a couple than her just going her to her blind. going blind yeah. which is a big deal but but i thought that'd be more interesting if like she came back from the city and said i like we could still run away together but we're never going to have a family kind of thing and then him having to deal with that that's more yeah. interesting to me than just like, oh, I'm blind now. Do you want to be blind too? Well, their their the, characteristic was nearsightedness. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, and I think the blindness thing is kind of a superficial thing. Yeah, and I think yeah. that is a lot. In the Plus, movie. part of me was like, I, I like I didn't even understand that these people were allowed to have children. You know, <laughs> like that's true. A, yeah, I guess we don't we know how that don't works. Know, but yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because they give you a fully formed child. Yes, so it's, yeah, so it's like there's kids running around. Uh, without parents, so we don't know. We don't know the, know the mechanics. Well, what do you do with the kid that? when their dad turns into a like a hippo? You gotta give him. You to gotta give him up to somebody. Yeah, yeah that's true. Ben next, next couple, <laughs> push him down the line. Maybe that's a comment on the uh, the adoption circus and, and this thing. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it might be. Yeah, there's another angle in there, probably. Yeah. It, I like. I just like all the questions about the movie. I could probably could probably sit here for another twenty minutes and keep talking about it. But yeah, just because, and that's the thing is, I think if one thing you you know, hopefully our listenership takes away from this is that just because you don't necessarily like a movie doesn't mean you can't be interested in talking about it afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's because, like I said, I will I will not watch this one again, and that's fine. But I think it's an interesting conversation. Yeah, I think there's enough going on here to warrant some conversation. And to, sometimes it's it's fun, you know. Mm-hmm we're here for right absolutely yeah yeah <laughs> any other thoughts on the lobster no um this was a nice palate cleanser because yeah. i think we kind of go through i at least go through this every summer or i'm like oh my god i want to done with the blockbuster fair i need to watch something yep um that will stimulate any part of my brain <laughs> this summer has and been this summer has been well dreadful. next week you've got mechanic resurrection yeah yeah and now we're, well i said for one week i need to simulate all right i'll be back <laughs> next week what do we got mechanic resurrection with tommy lee jones as some sort of 1990s child oh you know what no that's that's the wrong week for some reason imdb is not really showing me <laughs> uh, Kubo's opening week, this week is kubo, no, kubo and the two strings so i do want to see that mm-hmm. the ben-hur remake <laughs> jack houston and that thing just whispered its way into yeah. the theater. yep uh <laughs> war dogs <laughs> yeah just snuck in there war dogs now war dogs is out there too and then the uh Werner herzog internet documentary is seeing a limited release this week oh boy oh so. boy hey whoa whoa whoa, whoa. Yeah. don't make fun no, no, There's I wasn't no being fun. Oh, okay. I was just saying, right. I was just saying, well, boy. Tim's along for the ride. Yeah, I'm okay with okay. that. <laughs> okay. so. right. It's a Demolition Man it is. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to see Kubo, but I'm not opposed to watching Demolition Man too. <laughs> so. It's a double feature. <laughs> Who doesn't want to hear Matthew McConaughey voice a claymation samurai? Be- Beetle. Beetle samurai. Is that some is it is it a Japanese movie that No, it's okay. by Leica, the people who did like Coraline. 
oh, and box trolls. I like Coraline. It's a cool yeah. animation. Yeah, yeah. yeah, type of yeah. So I, I, I'm excited to check it out. I've heard really good things about it, actually. And then I heard, like, there, there's not a lot of reviews out for it yet, but somebody, I don't remember where it was, somebody was talking about War Dogs, which is a Todd Phillips movie starring Jonah Hill and Miles Teller. So. I, uh, I tend to not like Todd Phillips movies. <laughs> And I tend to not like Miles Teller outside of the Footloose remake. And oh, he's really good in that. Todd Phillips seems like a bit of a douchebag. Yeah. And I have a feeling if he got his hands on Miles Teller, who seems like a douchebag, <laughs> the douchebagginess could just run off the screen. Whisper yeah. its way into theaters. <laughs> <laughs> What's the last Todd Phillips movie you liked? I'm just curious. Uh, I did like the first Hangover. Yeah. I thought Due Date was awful. Oh. Uh, I didn't like the second or... The third Hangover... I watched a little bit of, and I went, oh my god, is this even a comedy? And I kind of liked like the anti-comedy aspect it's of it not so funny. much. Like, it's, so, it's so not funny and gross that I'm like, I kind of dig this right now. But then after a while, I'm just like, now it's just not funny and gross. Yeah, now I just feel, gro- now I just feel straight gross, yeah. yeah. Um, what else has he done lately? Yeah, that's it. That's man. a bit, yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, feedbackmidwestfilmnerds.com. Let us know what you thought of The Lobster and its many questions. Uh, Tell us what animal you would be. Yeah, let us mm-hmm. know what animal you you would want to be turned into. I want to hear Yoop's answer. And why? Yoop would be the wolf. Remember he told the story about the wolf to us one time? Oh, that's true. I bet he'd want to be the wolf. That's possible. Yeah. That's possible. Let us know, Yoop. Uh, we're at MFN Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. MidwestFilmers.com has pre- all previous 191 plus bonus episodes with full show notes. So you can skip over the spoiler Terry and other things that you don't want to hear. There's also a support store on there so you can buy merchandise such as t-shirts, hoodies, or beer koozies. Uh, or you can also donate to the network as well if you'd like to give us some money. Uh, or you can go to amazon.midwestpodcastnetwork.com and do your shopping on Amazon, and part of the money that you spend will come to us at no extra cost to you so we can make our network and show even better. Uh, next week, as you heard, it's uh, it's kind of a toss-up at this point. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. And... Uh, we can watch Kubo and Demolition Man. This, I mean, it's true. <laughs> Man, what a what a podcast episode title that is. <laughs> the, review, the episode everybody's been waiting for. Kubo and the Two Strings. And the Demolition Man. And the Demolition Man. Well, I was going to say the week after that, but then I'm sure you guys are probably interested in Don't Breathe. Yeah, I do want to see that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it looks good. So we'll, we'll figure something out. We'll get it figured out. Kubo would be wonderful. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let me know. All right. Anyway, Kyle X Y, go watch a movie.